The First Book of Urism by William Blake Read by David Andres This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is part two of a two-part recording. Chapter five. In terrors, Loss shrunk from this task. His great hammer fell from his hand. His fires beheld, and sickening, hid their strong limbs in smoke. For with noises ruinous loud, with hurtlings and clashings and groans, the immortal endured his chains, though bound in a deadly sleep. All the myriads of eternity, all the wisdom and joy of life, roll like a sea around him, except what his little orbs of sight by degrees unfold. And now his eternal life, like a dream, was obliterated. Shuddering, the eternal prophet smote with a stroke from his north to south region. The bellows and hammer are silent now, a nerveless silence. His prophetic voice seized the cold solitude and dark void, the eternal prophet and urism closed. Ages on ages rolled over them, cut off from life and light, frozen into horrible forms of deformity. Los suffered his fires to decay. Then he looked back with anxious desire, but the space undivided by existence struck horror into his soul. Los wept, obscured with mourning. His bosom earthquaked with sighs. He saw yours and deadly black, in his chains bound, and pity began. In anguish dividing and dividing, for pity divides the soul, in pangs, eternity on eternity, life in cataracts, poured down his cliffs. The void shrunk the lymph into nerves, wandering wide on the bosom of night, and left a round globe of blood trembling upon the void. Thus the eternal prophet was divided before the death image of Urizen. For in changeable clouds and darkness, in a winterly night beneath, the abyss of loss stretched immense, and now seen, now obscured, to the eyes of eternals the visions remote of the dark separation appeared. As glasses discover worlds in the endless abyss of space, so the expanding eyes of immortals beheld the dark visions of Los and the globe of lifeblood trembling. The globe of lifeblood trembled, branching out into roots, fibrous, writhing upon the winds, fibers of blood, milk, and tears, in pangs, eternity on eternity. At length in tears and cries, embodied, a female form trembling and pale, waves before his deadly face. All eternity shuddered at sight of the first female, now separate, pale as a cloud of snow, 
waving before the face of Los. Wonder, awe, fear, astonishment petrify the eternal myriads. At the first female form, now separate, they called her pity and fled. Spread a tent with strong curtains around them. Let cords and stakes bind in the void that eternals may no more behold them. They began to weave curtains of darkness. They erected large pillars round the void with golden hooks fastened in the pillars with infinite labor the eternals a wolf wove and called it science chapter six but los saw the female and pitied he embraced her she wept she refused in perverse and cruel delight she fled from his arms yet he followed Eternity shuddered when they saw man begetting his likeness on his own divided image. A time passed over. The Eternals began to erect the tent. When Enitharmon, sick, felt a worm within her womb. Yet helpless it lay, like a worm, in the trembling womb, to be molded into existence. All day the worm lay on her bosom. All night within her womb the worm lay till it grew to a serpent with dolorous hissings and poisons. Round Enitharmon's loins, folding, coiled within Enitharmon's womb, the serpent grew, casting its scales. With sharp pangs the hissings began to change to a grating cry. Many sorrows and dismal throes, many forms of fish, bird, and beast, brought forth an infant form, where was a worm before. The Eternals, their tent finished, alarmed with these gloomy visions, when Enitharmon groaning produced a man-child to the light. A shriek ran through eternity, and a paralytic stroke. At the birth of the human shadow. Delving earth in his resistless way, howling, the child with fierce flames issued from Enitharmon. The Eternals closed the tent. They beat down the stakes, the cords, stretched for a work of eternity. No more Los beheld eternity. In his hands he seized the infant. He bathed him in springs of sorrow. He gave him to Enitharmon. Chapter 7 They named the child Orc. He grew fed with milk of Enitharmon. Los awoke her. Oh, sorrow and pain! A tightening girdle grew around his bosom. In sobbings he burst the girdle in twain, but still another girdle oppressed his bosom. In sobbings again he burst it. Again another girdle succeeds. The girdle was formed by day, by night was burst in twain. 
these falling down on the rock into an iron chain, each other link by link locked, they took Orc to the top of a mountain. Oh, how Enitharmon wept. They chained his young limbs to the rock with the chain of jealousy beneath Urizen's dreadful shadow. The dead heard the voice of the child and began to awake from sleep, all things. Heard the voice of the child and began to awake to life. And Urizen, craving with hunger, stung with the odors of nature, explored his dens around. He formed a line and a plummet to divide the abyss beneath. He formed a dividing rule. He formed scales to weigh, he formed massy weights, he formed a brazen quadrant, he formed golden compasses, and began to explore the abyss, and he planted a garden of fruits. But Los encircled Anatharmen with fires of prophecy from the sight of Urizen and Orc, and she bore an enormous race. Chapter 8 Urizen explored his dens, mountain, moor, and wilderness, with a globe of fire lighting his journey, a fearful journey, annoyed by cruel enormities, forms of life on his forsaken mountains. And his world teemed vast enormities, frightening, faithless, fawning portions of life, Similitudes of a foot, or a hand, or a head, or a heart, or an eye. They swam mischievous, dread terrors, delighting in blood. Most Urizen sickened to see, his eternal creations appear, sons and daughters of sorrow on mountains, weeping, wailing. First Thiriel appeared, astonished at his own existence, like a man from a cloud born. And Utha, from the waters emerging, laments. Grodna rent the deep earth, howling amazed. His heavens immense, cracks like the ground parched with heat. Then Fusan flamed out, first begotten, last born. All his eternal sons in like manner, his daughters, from green herbs and cattle, from monsters and worms of the pit. He in darkness closed, viewed all his race, and his soul sickened. He cursed both sons and daughters, for he saw that no flesh nor spirit could keep his iron laws one moment. For he saw that life lived upon death. The ox in the slaughterhouse moans, the dog at the wintry door, and he wept, and he called it pity, and his tears flowed down on the winds. Cold he wandered on high, over their cities, in weeping and pain and woe, and wherever he wandered in sorrows, Upon the aged heavens, a cold shadow followed behind him, like a spider's web, moist, 
cold and dim, drawing out from his sorrowing soul the dungeon-like heaven, dividing wherever the footsteps of Urizen walked over the cities in sorrow. To the web, dark and cold, throughout all the tormented element stretched from the sorrows of Urizen's soul, and the web was a female in embryo. None could break the web, no wings of fire, so twisted the cords and so knotted the meshes, twisted like to the human brain, and all called it the net of religion. Chapter 9 Then the inhabitants of those cities felt their nerves change into marrow, and hardening bones began in swift diseases and torments, in throbbings and shootings and grindings through all the coasts, till weakened, the senses inward rushed shrinking beneath the dark net of infection. Till the shrunken eyes clouded over, discerned not the woven hypocrisy, but the streaky slime in their heavens, brought together by narrowing perceptions, appeared transparent air. For their eyes grew small like the eyes of a man, and in reptile forms, shrinking together, of seven feet stature they remained. Six days they shrunk up from existence, and on the seventh day they rested, and they blessed the seventh day in sick hope, and forgot their eternal life. And their thirty cities divided in form of a human heart. No more could they rise at will in the infinite void, but bound down to earth by their narrowing perceptions. They lived a period of years, then left a noisome body to the jaws of devouring darkness. And their children wept and built tombs in the desolate places and formed laws of prudence and called them the eternal laws of God. And the thirty cities remained, surrounded by salt floods, now called Africa. Its name was then Egypt. The remaining sons of Urizen beheld their brethren shrink together beneath the net of Urizen. Persuasion was in vain, for the ears of the inhabitants were withered and deafened and cold, and their eyes could not discern their brethren of other cities. So Fusen called all together the remaining children of Urizen, and they left the pendulous earth. They called it Egypt and left it, and the salt ocean rolled and globed. End of the Book of Urizen